You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The BRICS Report. India. And Anjana Pasricha on the line from New Delhi. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. I've seen all of these stories and read all of these stories about what the Prime Minister did and this currency change and this change in policy. It seems from here, it seems madness. People must be furious. Absolutely. You know, the situation has been really grim in India since it banned 85% of the currency overnight. You know, it happened four weeks ago. The measure is meant to stamp out what we here call black money. That's illegal cash on which tax has not been paid. But, you know, every day hundreds have been waiting for hours in lines outside banks and ATMs to either exchange or withdraw money because basically the government has been unable to print new currency fast enough to replace the old one. The cash crunch is really hitting people and economic activity hard because, you know, in India, 90% of transactions are done in cash. Poor people are the worst off. You know, they hardly have savings or very few of them have credit cards and mobile wallets which they can use. And I have to tell you, this month's payday was chaotic. Many in the informal sector have been paid their wages in the old currency and are stuck. Others simply can't get their money out of the bank. The government calls it short-term pain for long-term gain. And I have to say that, despite the chaos, many people fed up with corruption are actually quite supportive, hopefully hoping it will clean up the system. I mean, corruption is a big, a big problem in India. It's a huge problem here. Do you think it's actually going to work? I mean, is it really going to make much of a difference? Well, you know, there's a huge debate on this here at the moment. The government insists it will, but many economists say it will not, because they say it will only take out the existing illegal untaxed cash, but as soon as things return to normal, it will start being generated again. And they also point out that a lot of illegal wealth is parked in real estate, jewelry, and does not lie around in physical cash. I mean, it's certainly an unprecedented measure, so there are no sort of past experiences to go from because no country has done it on this scale at a time when the economy was doing well. Economists say it will slow down the economy because, you know, with less money in their hands, people are spending less. And the informal sector that depends on cash is hit hard by the cash shortages. So India could well lose the tag of the world's fastest growing economy. Where I'm concerned personally, I can tell you, I really sort of hold my hand. I don't spend that easily as I did maybe a month ago. I can imagine it's a brave thing for a prime minister to do in a democracy, isn't it? And um, this uh, celebration, they've been celebrating the v- a variety of rice. This was hugely important for India if you go back. Oh, absolutely. You know, this was 50 years ago that an Indian farmer planted this, what came to be known as the world's first high-yielding rice variety. It was a cross between a variety from China and Indonesia. It had astonishing results. The yields jumped from the usual one and a half, I think about, sorry, one ton to seven and a half tons per hectare. It was called IR8, and it is supposed to have ushered in the green revolution in rice and is credited with preventing famines in Asia. You know, the 60s and the 70s were times of colossal food shortages. IR8 was, of course, not developed in India the International Rice Research Institute. And by the way, it's also been grown in some African countries. Now, of course, hundreds of new high-yielding varieties are out there, and the new focus is on addressing problems of climate change, bringing out drought and flood-resistant varieties. So the battle and the challenges continue. And Jana, thanks very much indeed. We'll chat again soon. Keep well. Thank you so much.